Camp was amazing, and I, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna take up what everybody else wants to say here. I'm gonna take this opportunity to uh, uh, let you guys know, here's the thing, today you guys, you guys may have picked up some notes when you came in, and I left a section at the top because I think that there's gonna be some things that are said by Pastor Scott and some of our teens that are gonna be challenging to you. There are gonna be things that the Holy Spirit is, is nudging you in things that you need to write down, things that you need to make a note of, because, you know, um, in Psalms, David talked about, he said, come and see what the Lord has done in my life. And that's what we're going to hear today as these teenagers come, as they come and as they share, you're going to hear some things. You're going to hear some things that they received from the Lord. And I just encourage you to, to take a hold and ask the question, Lord, what is it that you're challenging me in? What is it that you're speaking to me in? And so today I just want to uh, um, uh, invite Pastor Scott down. Pastor Scott and, and Emily and the family came at the end of May. For those of you who don't know, they've been working hard to, to connect and engage with, with our students. And I'm so thankful for the uh, for the Jasperson family, and so uh, I'm going to turn it over to you, buddy. This is a dangerous game. He wants a cookie, right? You gave a preacher a mic. He wants five minutes. He'll take five more. It's dangerous territory. Pretty trusting there. All right, I want all my youth to go ahead and come on up. We're just going to line the front. There are those that um, already I know for sure are going to share a pretty good chunk of something. I don't want to take up their time up front. I would just ask that everybody in this room open your hearts right now to receive because the gifts that are in these students, it about brings me to tears. There is power in these students. This is our future, and it's right here, and it's right now. What they have to share is a word in season, and it's for you if you're willing to receive it. So get hungry, get your pen ready, and pay attention, because I believe that each one of them, so, you know, they might just say, I had a good time at camp, thanks. You know what I mean? And they did, but they all came out of their shell. The reason they're all up here is because they said, we want to do it together. They didn't want to come up one by one. They built a cohesive family unit at camp. We are a family. This is a church body, and these guys want to be together. They want to do this together. They want to stand together because this is FC Youth. This is who we are. We are a family together. All right? So I'm just going to start here with Great Dane. Can I trust you to hold the mic? All right. All right. Uh, I just want to say thank you first for all the people that helped us get to camp, and then... <laughs> and then a quote that I wanted to read is, having boldness is not having confidence in ourselves, but in God. And I just wanted to challenge you guys to come up in the front with us on Wednesday and next Sunday during praise and worship. Oh. <clears throat> um, thank you for everyone that helped with church camp. But I just want to say, uh, I felt God touch me this week. And yeah. Over the week, um, I learned that uh, God didn't, he didn't need us, but he chose us. And so we had to choose him over the week. And I also learned how to pray and talk to the Holy Spirit. And that really changed me. Um, so hi, I'm Lauren, just in case you guys don't know. But um, I just want to say camp was like super fun this year. Like, it being my junior year, I feel like I was kind of like, I knew what was going on. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so fun. And actually, I had Scott as my leader for my team, and we won, just so y'all know. Go, Wolfman! 
Yeah, okay. So, yeah, um, it was just super fun. And this, uh, this past week, I was really just, like, hoping that I would get, like, wisdom when it came to, like, my next steps since, you know, I'm going to my senior year. So it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen afterwards? But um, God just really put, like, um, like, missions in my heart. So I feel like that's just, like, I don't know. That's just super awesome. But, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Uh, I'm Jackson, and as uh, as these guys have already said, and as I'm sure many more will say, um, first off, thank you for everything that you guys have given us so that we are able to go to camp. And second, God moved. Camp is a place every year God moves. You go to camp expecting God to move. You go to camp expecting that you're not going to be the same when you come back. And every single year is different in the way that he moves in your life. But this year was something, something else. Not only, at least for me, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, at least for me, when, when God moved, he also showed me how much the devil was moving at the same time. Because it seemed that every time I tried to sit down and read my Bible, there's a fly landing on me. <laughs> And it's things like that in people's testimonies where they were trying to be stopped the whole time and their own mind is stopping them and there's things happening all throughout the week that is showing that every time God moves, the devil moves to try and counter. And camp is a time when everybody who normally can be stopped can't. Everyone who normally lets their mind get to them, lets the devil talk them into not going out and talking to that person, not going up to pray, not speaking their voice and sharing God, camp is when they do it. Camp is when they get to become as close to God as they want to be for the rest of their life. So that's all I have, but Ella, my girlfriend, is sick today and wanted to share and so I was going to share a little bit from her. So she said that on one of the nights, she felt a calling that she was going to help women. That's all she got. All she heard was, you are going to help women, and there was a blank. And so um, throughout the nights and through the rest of the days, she pressed into the word. She kept staying in her Bible and kept asking God, what is the blank? She kept asking God to fill in her blank. And so she found that um, she feels called to work in a shelter for domestic violence, um, for domestic violence survivors and their children. So she feels called to go out into the, the roughest of people's life when they're at their lowest, when the devil is doing his most work, go to them and say, hey, you're still loved. All right, my name is Jocelyn Guta. I'm coming to the front because I need my hands to talk and I need to set this down. <laughs> um, I graduated this year, so going into camp, I knew it was my last year. And I was just very much, I had the mentality of like, okay, God, this is the last year. Like, you gotta show me something here. We're running out of time. Uh, chop, chop, let's go. <laughs> I was being a little impatient, okay? 
And Tuesday night, I was laying in bed, and I was almost asleep when I had a vision, okay? And there was a girl in this room. It was a giant room like this, and she had blindfolds over her eyes. And God was in the other corner, and he had a paper. And on this paper, there was a full essay that had all of his plans for this girl's life, okay? But she couldn't see them, and she wasn't going to move, because what if she steps forward and she falls off a cliff? She can't see anything. Um, and then the vision kind of reset, and it was the same scenario, except this time there were people lining the path to God. And they were cheering her on. They were going, come on, let's go. They were praying over her. They were in worship. Um, and then the vision ended. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? <laughs> it's obviously from God, but what is this? And the Holy Spirit said, Jocelyn, you were wrong. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. Um, and he said, that first vision is you when you're in the world and you're not at camp and you don't have these people cheering you on. You're not in this dome of worship constantly. That second vision is when you're at camp. So yes, it's easier to get to what God tells you at camp, to listen at camp, but he always wants to tell you this and it's there even when you're at home and he wants to be sharing with you. So I was like, okay, like how do I, leaving camp, how do I, uh, how am I in that empty room with no other people except me and God? How do I walk towards him and take those masks off, those blindfolds? And the Holy Spirit said, well, like, you know what to do. Like, you pray, you go to church, you spend time with other people, worship. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, like, I do all those things. What else? And he was like, well, you don't sit in silence ever. And I was like, oh, you're right. I need to sit in silence. How can I hear from God if I don't listen? So you have to be listening constantly. Um, so then I had one more question. In, in the second vision, the girl walked to God and he showed her a little bit of his plan for her. And I was like, okay, like why, why didn't he show her everything? And the Holy Spirit goes, okay, are you, you sitting down for this? <laughs> and I was like, ah, uh, yeah. And he said, Jocelyn, I can't tell you the plans I have for you because it would scare you and you would not do it. You would sit there and freeze. Um, <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's kind of comforting, actually, um, knowing, that, <laughs> knowing that it's something so big that he's going to have to show it slowly to me. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit there and freeze. It's kind of cool. So to, to wrap this up, my biggest takeaways are, one, you need to sit in the Holy Spirit and listen because you won't hear anything if you don't. And two, you don't have to be at camp or at a big retreat or a Christian concert in order to hear from God. He always wants to share with you. It's always written out. Uh, you just gotta go find him. That's what I have. Hi, I'm Maggie. Um, and I was at camp last week. Um, and the week before camp, I had been dealing with like a lot of issues with like anxiety. Like I was having a lot of panic attacks kind of about going to camp and just like about my future in general. And I was so worried. Like I had no idea what I wanted to do after high school. Um, and I graduate next year. So I was like kind of praying about that. And I felt like such a strong calling to youth ministry. Um, and I, when I started like kind of meditating on that and praying on youth ministry, I felt like more peace than I have felt in like the past few months about my future and like what I'm gonna do after high school and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hi guys, so I'm Morgan. Um, that's my dad, for those of you that didn't know. 
Uh, so this week, um, I really just went into camp with very, very high expectations because um, I had been really struggling with just trusting God. And I was asking a lot of questions. And I say, God, I'm going to camp. This is the place where I get answers. I'm unplugging for this week. I'm taking away all distractions. God, my focus is on you and only you. So here I am, Lord. I'm laying myself out. God, I'm expecting you to show up. So I just, I told him straight. I was like, God, I need some answers. So um, I want to read you guys our verse that we kind of studied this week. And it's 1 Peter 2.9. And it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the main theme for this week was that we are chosen and God has called us out. So um, about a year ago, I went to camp in Missouri and um, God revealed some things to me about what he's calling me to do. And I'll be completely honest with you, it's, it's terrifying, but also because it's from him, I know it's good. But I tried to take what he told me and put it into my own hands and make it happen and make things work so I could get there. And it didn't give me the, um, the peace that came from him. So this week, uh, something that Pastor Josh had us do uh, each night after service, he said, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? So um, I tend to, like Jocelyn said, I'm not, I don't do well sitting and being quiet. I'm a very like, let's go do things. Like we're gonna go from this thing to the next to the next. So it was hard for me to pause in that moment and just say, okay, God, you know what? This is your moment. Speak to me. I'm just gonna be quiet. So I took that time and I was quiet and I was like, God, I need you to give me some answers. So um, in that moment of quiet, I really just felt like the Lord was saying, give me your yes. And I was like, okay, God, yes, like, <laughs> sure. But he was like, no, I need your yes. And I was like, God, what does that mean? He said, I'm going to tell you to go and do things, and I need you to already have your answer be yes. Because you're trying to do things on your own, and it's not giving you that peace. You're not following my leading and my guidance. But if you follow me and give me your yes, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so I was like, wow, okay, God. And so in that moment, I just decided to give him my yes. So whatever that looks like in the future, wherever I go, whatever he calls me to do, it may seem scary in the moment, but if you give God your yes, he'll take care of you through every moment. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, you got it. Uh, my name's Tyler Reed. Um, this year, if I had to describe camp in one word, it, it would 100% be monumental. Uh, not just for me, but for everybody who's already talked and everybody who's going to talk. It was just, I think this year was the life-changing year. And not just because it was my last year, but every single time I asked God for something or like I prayed for something, he answered it this week. And uh, going into camp, I really wanted to pray, like I really wanted to ask for boldness from God and like, 
So, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> and so I started praying for it a couple of weeks before camp, and then uh, the camp director texted me, and she's like, hey, Tyler, my name's Lizzie, and I was wondering if you wanted to preach this year at camp. And uh, I'm not going to lie, my heart dropped because I never really liked talking in front of people, and I was like, there's a whole lot of people at kids' camp. And so... I knew that that was going to be the first step to boldness. And then when I was writing my message, um, it really became apparent that he chose us to be the ones to go out and reach people. And he wants us to do it a step at a time, because if you do it step by step, he knows that you're willing to go all in and you're willing to trust the process instead of wanting immediate results. Hi, my name is Abby. I want to say thank you to all who came and helped us. And when I, I had asked a question when I went to camp, I raised my hand, they came up to me with the microphone and they said, what, is your, what are you looking most forward to during camp? And I said, for a stronger relationship with God. And throughout the week, I felt that and getting baptized in the Holy Spirit really helped me. So now that I'm going to go and I'm going to spread the love of Jesus. So thank you. Um, my name is Emery, and I just want to say that I'm also thankful that we, I was able to go to camp this year. And I don't think I've ever worshipped so hard in my life. <laughs> it, worship was, it was intense, but it was, it was it was great. I like the worship. That's probably the best part. And I also just wanted to say that when Tyler spoke on Thursday, he really helped me realize what was holding me back from praying and reading the Bible and like talking with the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, just. <laughs> Hi, my name is Aza, and um, uh, at camp, I realized that whenever you well, avoid distractions, then God will embrace you and show you what you need to do in your life. And yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Grace. There was a lot of surprises at camp. First off, I got a care package. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, what is in this box? And so I opened it, I was like, oh my gosh. So that was nice. And then there's this thing with the food, okay? I like predicted all the food, I swear. Cause I was like, I really want some Jimmy John's. And then it was subs for lunch. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, I want some chicken fajitas. And guess what was for dinner? Chicken fajitas. And then they're like, what do you think breakfast is? I'm like, something with like bread or like more like carby. And it was waffles. I was like, this is crazy. So, lots of surprises, and I'm thankful I could go. Have <laughs> you guys kind of slide that way? Everybody walk. Hi, I'm Eli, and um, this year at camp I found it different because it was a new year I was able to be on Scott's team, which I enjoyed. Um, and I enjoyed it, and it was different. And I got to do a lot of new things. The games were different, because every year they seem to be about the same. 
Hi, my name is Madison, and this year was my first year at youth camp. It was a lot of fun, and I just want to say that God touched everyone's heart that week. And I just want to say that if you go to youth camp, you will come out changed. Hi, my name is Riley. Riley, um, uh, this is my first year at youth camp, and um, like I went expecting to get uh, glory, and um, like when before I didn't really raise my hands during worship, and um, I was like real shy, and I didn't know. I didn't really understand the reason we raised our hands. And then when I went to the camp, I realized that you're just surrendering when you raise your hands. And I got to know a lot of people. And yeah. Hi, my name is Maddie. I, uh, I think that sometimes in life we forget that God is always with us. Um, no matter, like literally, no matter what you're doing, he's always right. He's always right there with you. Um, when Jesus left Earth after he rose from the grave, he sent the Holy Spirit because God, Jesus wanted. He wanted to be with us so much that he couldn't stand to be in heaven away from us, and he sent his spirit to be inside of us. Um, Pastor Josh talked one night, and the title of his sermon was "Okay, Holy Spirit," and I thought I wanted to share that with you because. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it doesn't matter whether you decide, like, if you don't think it makes any sense or you don't think that you're supposed to be going down that track right now, you say okay. No matter what he says to you, you say, you say yes. Because God's plans for you are more than you could ever know, and it's not always going to make sense. The other thing I wanted to say is we as a church need to remember that we're all family. And um, when we gather here as a group, we're not separate. We're all together, and we need to be praying over each other. If you have something that... Um, you're going through, you don't have to go through that alone. There are so many people around you everywhere who would love to pray for you. So that's all I want to say. I'm not very good with public speaking, so I'm going to try my best. <laughs> so on one of the nights, they said that if you had anybody like family or friends that you wanted to pray over that had like a drug addiction or just an addiction in general and who needed to be saved, by Jesus, I thought of one person, and that was my brother. Oh my God, okay. And he's not going down the best path right now, and I just prayed for him, hoping that he would find Jesus. And <laughs> sorry. And um, I was say. okay, but yeah. And then another thing is that I know that um, he also talked about that to be bold, which I know people said to be bold, and just to go out and spread the word. And I know myself that I'm not very, like, I'm shy to people sometimes and I don't really know them. But now I've got, I've gained a little bit more confidence now since last year to go out and just spread the word. And it's my second camp, and I think this year I got more out of it, and it was just a lot better, and yeah. So I'm Jaden. I'm sure a lot of you know me. The one thing that I kind of learned was, well, actually, here, I'll demonstrate it. Everybody in the con congregation, stand up. Okay. 
All right, now everybody walk to the aisles. Oh, come on. There you go, Brian. All right, now go back to your chair. I didn't say to sit down, Brian. Now sit down. All right, so the one thing that I learned was, are you willing to follow God's directions as you were just willing to follow mine? Now, Brian, on the other hand, you know, we got to, we kind of got to give him a little bit of grace. You know, it's Brian. But uh, I just want to say thank you guys for all the help. Thank you guys for the support. Don't look at me that way, Doug. Thanks, though. All right, that's all I got. So my name's Cooper, and this is my first year at youth camp, and it felt a lot different than at kids' church, I mean, kids' camp, because, like, kids' camp, I didn't feel like I got to know God any better, but this year, I feel like I got to know God a lot better and just became more bold. And if you know me, you know I'm not really scared to talk in front of a lot of people, but I feel like I'm just more bold now, and I just want to say thank you for all that you guys let us do, and yeah. Awesome. The elite, the chosen, God's chosen generation standing right in front of you. Thank you guys for being bold enough to share. Y'all can go grab your seats real quick. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What? Oh, okay, we got to say something. Something that I wish I would have said while I was in line. Can we give a hand to Pastor Scott? He did so much this week. He ran off caffeine, but that's okay. Um, and I think as a, as a group, we are all very thankful for him and very glad to welcome him into our youth family. Thanks, guys. Man, get me all emotional before I get on a microphone. You guys want to stay up here with me while I preach? Oh, look at this. This is good. All right. So I had a whole bunch of notes. I had a whole bunch of stuff I wanted to share. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to kind of glaze over the top of this real quick. The gist of this week, the whole reason they went with the theme that they went, the elite, the chosen, God's chosen generation, is so much self-identification has been attacked in this world. We know it. So many good examples were given this week of this uh, selfie image, this I, me, my world that we're all being forced into a box away from each other. I mean, look at what COVID did. Look at how this whole thing has been geared to break apart, to separate, to get away. And this whole week from the very beginning, Yes, they came as individuals. We came as separate churches. But by the end, they were holding hands in unison, praising and worshiping God together as one cohesive unit. It wasn't forced. It was genuine and it was real. They were challenged. They were pushed. Everybody had to get out of their comfort zone. They had to write skits. They had to write parts. And I watched the most quiet, most shy, most unbecoming one become the most brazen, rash, wild person you've ever seen in your life. And it was all encouraged because there's so much within each of us. And it doesn't matter what age you are. There, there's everything pushing to push that stuff back inside of you, to take your individuality and your uniqueness and put it into a form and fall in line and walk in line. That's not what we need. There's one of you for a reason. Don't you dare act like somebody else. Don't you look at the family across the road. Don't you look at the lady next to you. Don't look at the mom that mom's this way or the dad that dad's this way. You do you and you do your family with God's leading and God's empowerment to get it done. You have an individual, unique gift within each of you. Everything was about finding that for themselves. And every one of them pulled on that. And you heard what was coming. You can tell the different levels of camper. 
the ones that are getting introduced to this. They're coming into their first levels like, I'm feeling a little more bold this year. I'm feeling a little more confident this year to the ones that are willing to step right up front and kind of lay out, I'm getting vision. I'm getting direction for my future. They're coming hungry. They're coming expectant. That's what it's about. We sit in this amazing congregation under this amazing team, this family, all of the people that have come through these doors. There's a work ethic like I have never seen in this congregation. And it, it, it makes me so grateful, thankful. I, I said this in a text that I, I don't have words. I'm honored to be here with you guys. I'm honored to be in this position over these students. I believe that there is such a tremendous desire to do things excellently for God in this church. And I'm, I'm so thrilled to be a part of that. And I thank you guys for bringing me on board and giving me this opportunity to do this. Come hell or high water, I'm gonna do what God has called me to do. And a lot of things came against us to try to keep us from getting here to join up with you guys. As I prayed throughout the week and as I watched what God was doing, I knew, I kind of had a feeling I'd end up sharing a little bit and then like I wrote a nice long fat sermon that is just loaded. I could preach for probably an hour and a half, but I'm not gonna do that to y'all. I wanna give Pastor, I wanna leave a little meat on the bone for Pastor Brian here. So um, guys, I'm, I'm just gonna leave this pretty simple. Um, I'm gonna give you the questions that were given to me and if any of this seems harsh or um, hard, that's not my heart and that's not my intention. I want everyone to just listen to these questions because these are the questions that came to me from God. I prayed and the Holy Spirit laid this on me. So there's no fingers pointed. There's no, if the shoe fits, put it on and walk it off. Okay? All right, so I asked these questions and one of the best ways to get to know somebody, just start asking them about them. To get these students to open up, what's your name? What do you like to do? And as they keep saying nothing, I had one girl that would not talk to me for two days straight. She would turn for me like a whipped pup. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And by the end, because we kept building that team, we kept building that conversation base. She's like, are you coming back next year? You have to come back next year. Because if you don't come back next year, I don't know if I want to come. <laughs> I was like, whoa, man, that took a turn. So I get to know these kids, and I ask them questions, questions of our students, questions of these youth here. And, because this is, this is my responsibility here. This is my job, to be in their corner, to coach them, to teach them, to give them tools and equipment to go out and fight a fight with a winning attitude and winning equipment so they can kick the devil's butt for a living. The, the devil's not taking it easy on them, and I'm not going to take it easy on them either. I'm going to train them because you're going to practice the way you play. And the devil ain't playing fair, and he ain't playing nice, and he's coming for them right where they're at right now. So I'm not going to mess around. I, I told them many times, I would love to be the pastor that does the goofy, you know, like popping bubbles and fire, you know, and all that kind of fun stuff. You know, whatever it is, whatever kind of goofy sermons you saw coming up that are fun. And you remember the fun. That's great. I'm giving them the stuff that we chewed on at Rama. I'm giving them the real word, the real truth. And we're making that fun because that is real living. That is real power. And they don't need to wait till they get in these seats to do something to the devil and what he's doing. So I'm not holding back. They're not going to hold back. We're going all in. So I'm asking these guys, what do you want to learn? What do you want to know? What's your hunger level? And I'm gauging them out. I said, guys, what do you want your church to look like? The whole thing. And this is the part that might sting. What do you want your church to look like? What do you want to see? Overwhelming response. I want to see the adults act like they care. I want to see the adults get excited. Why don't they come to the front with us? Why don't they love God like we do? 
ow. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> that one hit me in the gut when I hear them say that. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I felt led to present these questions and um, I'll start off with what I see as my responsibility, my revelation from this week, that as their pastor, as an adult example in front of their watching eyes, am I living a life that shows that I'm intimate, white hot, on fire in a relationship with God? Do they know what that looks like? Does my demeanor, my conversation, my action in front of them give them a reason to want what I have? Do I actually want what I have? I believe there is no reason for any person at any age to have any less vigor or intensity in their outward display for their love of God. The camp notes there was a really good definition of ministry, and what was it? Your ministry is your uh, outward display of your relationship with Jesus. Your ministry, wherever it is, whatever you're doing, your ministry is your display of your relationship with Jesus in front of everybody watching. I thought, man, that is really good. So I asked myself these questions, and these are the answers I got for me. And as I heard that, I felt led to present these questions. Are we displaying a relationship with God that anyone would be attracted to having themselves? You see that couple, you know, they could be an older couple or younger couple, but you can tell that husband and that wife, they are something. Man, they're something. You can just see it all over them. I usually think of an older couple, and they're sitting on the same side in the booth, sharing the one Sunday. Like, these guys love each other. They're in each other's space. They're all up in each other's room, and it's just real. And you see it. And even the guys are kind of like, man, I want something like that. You know, that's pretty real. That's legit, you know? I mean, you can see it on people when relationships are real. Are we displaying that reality in front of people? If I were a student that walked into this church on a Sunday morning for the first time, what would I see? What am I going to see walking in here? Would I see excitement? Would I see engagement? Would I see an expectant and eager congregation pouring their heart out in worship, pushing into the altar in an honest outward display of a heart yearning to get as close to the throne as possible? Would I see a congregation sitting on the edges of their seats, pens at the ready, chomping at the bit to hear every word the speaker had to share, just like it was God speaking himself? because this is the chosen vessel for this house. When a guest speaker comes, it's almost like they get a little bit more respect. You're almost a little more expectant because it's something different. It's a different flavor, it's a different style. The palate's a little more excited by that. The level of expectation we bring is what we're gonna receive, and it's easy to become complacent because the voice sounds familiar, but you're not listening to Pastor Mike's voice, you're not listening to Pastor Brian's voice, you're not listening to my voice, it's the voice of God coming through us. As you pull, as you draw, he speaks more. I tell our youth, you guys want to show up on a Wednesday night and listen to a guy talk a bunch? We can do that. I can, I can make up speeches. I said, or I can just flip on YouTube, and I'm going to go sit in the main service, and I'm going to go pull in the gift on them, because I'm going to go get something from God. Because if you guys want something from God, you got to pull it. you got to come wanting it. I'm going to go to God. I made him this promise that I will do everything in my power to do my part. I will come loaded for bear with whatever I believe God is pouring into me to give to you. And I promised you that. And I will never back off of that. I will sit at the feet of our God till I get every answer and every direction he gives me for each one of you and everyone that comes through that youth group after. That is my promise to you that I will give my all. Will you give me yours? And they all said yes. So I ask the same of you guys. Will you give your all to the gift that is in these men? They're chosen to be your leader. They're chosen to be your pastor. This is where you respond. You say yes. That's a great spot for an amen. Absolutely yes. Will we hold the arms up? Will we hold the arms up? Because they've been holding mine up since I got here. 
I walked in the door, and they refused to let me go tired. They refused to let me go without answers, directions, questions. I've got, they're like, what do you need? What can I get you? How can I facilitate it? This is servant leadership if I have ever seen it. They are not afraid to get in the mess with you guys, to build it back up. This church is sitting right here in a level plane on a plateau, and it's about to launch. It's about to launch. We are about to take off like it has never been done before. I know it like I know it like I know it. Are we expectant? Are we hungry? Do we want it? Are we pulling? Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every marriage class, everything that is open and able to be uh, participated in by this congregation, be here. Be a part of it and expect God to speak through them. God sounds a lot like Brian Calstrip. God sounds a lot like Mike Calstrip. He sounds a lot like Tim when he comes up. Anybody who shares in this pulpit, you come hungry, you come ready, you will get God. Are we going to see that when we walk in this church? Is somebody going to walk through our doors and go, what is going on in this place? These people are alive. The light is on in their eyes. They're not looking down. They're not looking around. They're not on the armrest chilling back. They're, maybe you're contemplating deep. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not pointing any fingers. Okay. <laughs> maybe there's something really going on there. I get that. I get weird looks when I get really deep in things too. But if the leaders and the adults are not burning with passion for the things of God, what do these guys have to look forward to? cool, I get to grow up one day and I get to be the guy in the chair that's got his eyes closed and he's snoring. Worship comes around and it's this guy. There is zero excitement in that. Why do I want that? I don't. And I won't. And I understand physical limitations. I understand being tired. Believe me, I understand being tired. I get it. I get it. I have worked very, very hard. You might not think, you little young punk, what do you know about <laughs> 60, 70 hour weeks, one vocation, six beautiful kids, an amazing wife, being a youth pastor on top of that, writing sermons, creating my own content, spending time with God, trying to be a good employee, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good father, trying to be a good pastor, you know, all in one week, and then trying to do it all again. And then, and then add something like the car breaks down or your sewer backs up in your house, been there, done that. I'm just saying, I understand it and I get it. There's distractions, there's complications, there's issues. If you want your life to go smooth, you want success, God comes before it all. You put him before the hours, you put him before the work, you put him before the effort, you put him before the toil, you will get what you need and he will multiply your efforts. I promise you, we just need to get a reset and a reshift focus. Some of the quotes from this week that I want to give you guys real quick. This is just from the speaker. These are just some things, some little nuggets. They might not flow quite with what I said, but I just thought these are little pearls that if you grab a hold of one of them, they're just kind of nice. So he threw out this, that pretending is not what moves God. Faith moves God. The fake it till you make it? No, you push through until you break through. It's not faking it. You're doing it. You're putting in the work. You're raising your hands when your body's telling you no. You put that body in check. You put those hands in the air. You come to the front. This congregation has seen more of my backside than my front side since I've been here. I'm just saying. <laughs> and that's the way it ought to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? People should walk into this place and see a whole lot of seats and not know where they should sit or not sit because uh, is this somebody's seat? Not everybody in their seats. You know what I mean? When worship comes, we get up and we go. God's purpose will ultimately be greater, so don't give up and don't you give in. The temporary can never fill the spot of the eternal. Holy Spirit is always speaking, so ask, this was said, Holy Spirit, is there anything I'm trying to do without you? Is there anything you're doing without me? Life is not a sprint to the finish line, so don't value a moment over the marathon. 
if you have a bad day, don't have two. <laughs> when God forgives you, you forgive you. 99.9% of the time, when I see somebody stuck in the mud, there's unforgiveness, there's some sort of harsh something being held, you might not even know it, and sometimes it's you. I thought I had forgiven all the wrongs that were done in my life until God dealt with me and he said, you won't let go of you. You won't forgive yourself for what happened. You won't forgive yourself for what's gone. You should have fought harder. The devil would tell you, you should have done something to get yourself out of that situation. Why didn't you fight harder? Why didn't you try harder? Why you, why you, why you? God said, forgive yourself. Let it go, because I do. And last, your faith is personal, but it is not meant to be private. So just some nuggets, just some little pieces that I thought, okay, these are pretty good. They're quotables. Slap those on Facebook. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stuff. So just to hit this camp recap, the elite, a chosen generation, 1 Peter 2.9, just so you know what this was. This is Josh's overview of what he preached and what the general idea was. Calling, mission, and ministry in a simplified form. Your calling is your fingerprint. What makes you unique, your gifts, talents, and skills. Your mission is the assignment God has given you. Your calling equips you to fulfill your mission. It's often corporate, sometimes individual. Your ministry is your relationship with Jesus lived out on public display. Living for Jesus, loving people, right where you are. But you are a chosen generation, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Has the, the station been the station been pumping? Have we been broadcasting? For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. I saw this image, I'm gonna end with this. And when I heard this the very first time they said it at camp, I was thinking of this. I think, and, and the Holy Spirit gave me all this in an instant. I love how he will just give you everything so fast. I couldn't write it quick enough. I was like, don't mess this up, don't mess this up. I think there are some in the body of Christ who are kind of like a stale rag that you find sitting in the bottom of a bucket in the cleaning supply cabinet or out in the garage. You know, the one that's like stiff as cardboard and you can like stand it up on its own. You know, it got left in the bucket. It was sopping wet when it was last sat there and it just evaporated out over time. Once drenched, but now left totally dry. It's a lifeless, stiff form of what it once looked like when it was soaking wet. When you were last saturated in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, and you were on fire because I guarantee all of you have been, all of you were self-included. But something comes along. We start drying out. We start evaporating out. The pressures of life, the furnace of this world. Man, I can't, I can't do that. I can't even go down that line. <laughs> I want to give Pastor Brian a moment. But you guys get it. We become lifeless still stagnant. What is the world going to see when they come in these doors, when they see you outside of these doors? I preached a sermon on what are we known for? What are we known for, FC youth? What is our reputation? When people say, oh, they're from FC, they're from Fellowship Church, what does that mean? Does it mean anything right now? Or is it just, oh, I haven't heard of that, or I don't know much about that? What is our reputation? What are we known for? What do we want to be known for? More. We want to be known for more. I think that's a good spot to unplug. So thank you to every single person 
that stayed the course, that enabled these camps to happen, those that prayed and poured in finances, time, effort, and energy, to the staff that kind of, you know, all hands on deck while we were gone, everybody pulled the weight of the, the missing staff while we were gone, thank you to everybody. I'm honored to be here, and I love that these are my students. I love you guys, I'm proud of you guys. You guys, I heard so many good things about each of you, your participation, the way you were respectful, the way you cleaned up, the way you took care of things. I'm proud of you guys. Your parents, you guys should be proud of these guys. You really should. I'm gonna turn this over to Pastor Brian. I love you guys, God bless. Guys, go ahead and grab a seat. Thanks, guys. Wow, how do you follow that? <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. That was good. Um, how many of you guys get something out of that? Isn't it, isn't it cool how, how the Holy Spirit just individually ministers to each and every person the way that they, they need it? He gives them exactly what they need. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like, one person would share something that was just so cool and so unique, you know, that where they're at in life, what it is that's going on. Um, at the same side of it, you know, just the challenge that we have, the challenge that, that Pastor Scott was talking about, because it is challenging. I mean, you know, if I, if I think back to really day one, um, uh, my capacity was utility player. I uh, did a lot of utility things, but I also ran sound. And I got to stand at the back of the room and just watch these students from pretty much from day one, just go all in. You know, I've been at a lot of camps and sometimes it'll take one, two, two, three days before they're all at the front, all hungry, all desiring, you know, to, to receive from God. But man, that is not the way it was. I mean, from the word go, they're, they're up there, they got their hands out and they're just desiring for God. And, you know, and so, you know, the challenging things that, that Pastor Scott alluded to, it's like, you know, so how does that, how does that apply to us? How do these students who went to camp continue in what it is that they, uh, uh, what it is that they experienced, you know? And, and, uh, and so I just have two quick points and then we'll let you go. Uh, but I believe that these will be an encouragement because I think it speaks to what it is that, that Pastor Scott said, that, that last illustration about the, the, uh, the dried up rag. None of us want to be a dried up rag. None of us want to want to be walking through life, and those those rags stink, man. They are they are rancid. So you know we need to do some things in our lives so that we don't look like that, so that we don't don't have that appearance. Because you and I both know that that looking like that and smelling like that is not attractive to the world in which we live. You know, we need to be an example. We need to be a positive influence on those that are around us. And so I think that, that for us, we may be sitting there, you might have been challenged in many, many different ways, but I, I wanna point you at uh, Philippians 3, 2. It says, this is something that Paul said, and I wanna read it out of the message version. It says that I'm telling you these things to safeguard your faith. You know, these students went to camp this week and they experienced something from God. These people that were in this church, Paul was saying to them, he said, listen, I'm, I'm telling you this to safeguard your faith. I want you to, to safeguard what it is that God has deposited in your life. It goes on to say, steer clear of barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearance. Steer clear. 
That's what Paul was saying. So number one in your notes is this, avoid barking dogs. I've used this point before, but it, it's, it's what Paul was saying. How many of you guys have a barking dog in your life? I have a barking dog. It's my wife's fault. We went and held this little tiny dog, and she said, I have to have it. I said, I don't want this dog, but we have a dog, and now this dog barks. I mean, it barks at the stupidest times. It's like, this dog is really smart, but when it starts barking, it's like, this dog is not smart. You want to strangle it. It just like, it just, it just, it it steals the peace instantly in the house. And I want to take it and I want to take it to my neighbor's house. And I want to say, here, I'm gifting you, Al, with my dog. (laughs) I love Ollie, but he's loud. He's obnoxious. He barks. He steals the peace. So my question to you is, is in your life, What is it that's making a lot of noise? It could be a relational thing, it could be something at work, it could be something in your job, it could be a a problem that you have with a friend, it could be, you know, just something that's loud, that's, that's, that's having a louder voice in your life than what it is that these kids just got done. Because what they did is, is they went and they shut off the barking dog. They shut off the distractions. We, we, I mean to tell you, I almost went out and sold the pail of, of cell phones that we had. I could have like set up a retirement account with all of the money that was in this pail. But, but they, they set aside the distractions. They set aside the barking dogs. And the same thing is true for you and I. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not even loud in your life. It may, it may not be something that's an, loud and annoying, but it might be something that's just stealing your attention. It's taking your attention away from what we just got done here and where these people, these students were focused on God. They were focused on what it is that he was trying to say, listening to what it was that he was saying. But in our lives, and, and we get into this daily, the, the daily routine, the daily things that, that in and of themselves are not bad, but what is it that's, a, that's, that's taking your attention away? I can include myself. I was at camp the whole week, and I can tell you that there are things that pop up. There are things that take your attention away from what it is that's getting ready to take. I, I could have just stood back there. I could have stood back there in the back at the sound booth and, and just, you know, worried about the, fl- the flickering LED wall. I could have worried. Uh, worried about the sound and how it wasn't perfect or, or those things. Those are distractions. Those are the barking dogs that will take and steal what it is that God is wanting to do in your life. And so you have to ask yourself the question, you know, what is it that's maybe really loud? What is it that's maybe not so loud, but it's taking and drawing my attention away from what it is that really matters? It might be fear. It might be doubt. It might be questioning. You know what it is. In your heart of hearts, there is something that that over the course of time, months and years, is drawing your attention away. And and when, when we allow that, we allow it and we continue that cycle, we end up being, just like Scott said, like that dried up rag where it's like we t- we, it takes away from the experience where we don't draw in. We don't, we don't you know, press into the things of God. We don't go to the word daily and fill ourselves up. We don't open up our mouth and worship God with all of our heart. It's just kind of a, you know, just a, a little something, something. So what is it? What is it that, that is distracting you? The doubt, the questioning, you know, the, the things that the enemy is lying to you about. The enemy is sent to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he's not just going to come out it, with something really big. You and I know it is subtle. 
It is subtle. The distractions are subtle. And so we have to recognize what those things are, and we have to say, just as Paul said, I'm going to avoid those things. I'm going to see them for what they are. I'm going to call them for what they are. I'm going to begin to make choices. I like what, what Pastor Scott said. You might have one bad day, but don't have two. We may, you, may not make it, you may not hit 100% the, the, the one day, but it's like, you know what, Lord, I'm getting back on this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recognize that this is a distraction, and I'm going to, I'm going to press in, and I'm going to set aside these, these doubts, these fears, these questionings, this lie that I've continued to believe for so long. It reminds me of Martha, and you guys remember the story of Mar- Mary and Martha in Luke 10. You know, Martha was what, uh, welcomed Jesus into her house, and Jesus came in, and she, it says that she welcomed him, and he was uh, just, she was working feverishly to make sure that his, his stay there was great. She was mar- trying to make sure that the bre- bread didn't get burned, and the casserole came out right. She's doing all these things, and what's Mary doing? Mary's sitting. It says that she sat, and she listened. She sat and she listened. These kids and these, these leaders, they went to camp this week, and what did they do? They sat and they listened. They sat and they listened in, 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 in uh, service. They sat and listened in devotion time. They sat and listened in their bed at night. They're like, Lord, what do you want? You know, did you guys notice that? that? That the Lord spoke to them in so many different ways. And the same thing is true with Mary. She sat and she listened. She recognized, man, Jesus is in this house. Jesus wants to speak to me. And the same thing is true for you and I. Day in and day out, when you're driving to work or when you're making supper or when you're kicking the dog because he's barking, Jesus is there. He wants wants to speak to you in your life. He wants to help you. He wants to give you the the fresh drink of water that you so desperately need. And, 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 And it goes on to say in Luke 10, that Mary sat and listened to what Jesus taught. One of the things that really stood out to me was is that some are so distracted that they never sit down. Some sit down, but they don't listen because they're distracted. But some sit down and listen and continue to push away the distractions. I liked what Jackson said. Sometimes it's a fly, right? When you're trying to read the word of God, it's like, I mean, there was a lot of flies. There's a lot of flies at camp. But anyway, I don't know what it is for you. And it's going to come up. These students are going to go home. They're going to begin to to go back into their daily lives. And they're going to have a choice as to what it is that they're going to do. Are they going to, as Pastor Scott said, put his word first in their life? Or are they going to, yep, I got to go here, got to go here, got to go here. Oh, shoot. I I forgot about, you know, spending time in the word. And then he's last. As we make him last... We begin, we begin to dry up. So we have to make that priority that we're going to avoid those distractions. It's not that they're bad. You know, even the legitimate things that, that you know, Martha was distracted by, by preparing a meal, cleaning the house, you know, it, it, and, and what her sister wasn't doing. Martha's like, Jesus, why is Martha not helping me? How many of you guys have ever been distracted by what somebody isn't doing? <laughs> if you're married, you have been. Come on. And if you haven't, you will be. (laughs) But my point is, is that Martha went to Jesus and said, why? 
So it was a legitimate, it was legitimate, but Jesus, what did Jesus say? Jesus, that's at the end of this message. I'm gonna leave you right there. Here's the thing that Proverbs 4.25 says. There's so many distractions, but Proverbs 4.25 says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all the sideshow distractions. And Paul said in Philippians 3.15, so let's keep focused on the goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. And if any of you have something else in mind, something that is less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You will see it. So number two is focus on knowing God more. That's what, that's what Paul was saying. He said in, in, in the NLT version of Philippians 3.8, it says, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ. That's the way we got to live our lives. When we come to church, it's like, man, it's the infinite value of knowing Christ. When you go home and you wake up in the morning and you are tired and you just, you just like, I just want to stay in bed. No, you have to push through that and you have to say, it is the infinite value of knowing Christ. And you have to push. When, when life is busy, you have to carve out time. If it means staying up late, if it means getting up early, you got to do, you got to put it in. You got to put in the work, just as, as Pastor Scott was saying. Because the, that is the focus. That is to keep the focus on the goal of knowing him each and every day. Talking to him. Staying close to him. Getting close to him. Getting into his presence. I love what Morgan said. Getting close and, and stopping, stopping your talk so that you can hear. That's a challenge for a lot of us. Because we, may, we might be asking, 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 and doing a lot of the talking, and the Holy Spirit's wanting to say something but we have to shut that off so that we can hear what it is that we, he is saying. Philippians 3.17 says, keep track of those. And this kind of goes along with what, what they were saying there. Keep track of those that you see running the same course. Who's running the same course? Students, who's running the same course? Adults, who's running the same course? We need to be together with those people running the same course. It's the people that are in church. It's the people that are coming. It's the people that are coming down front. It's like we are together in this, serving him, making that the, the focus. And then as, as it says right here, this is what Jesus said. But the Lord said to her, dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. There's only one thing. In our lives, as individuals, you might be asking yourself the question, you know, how, how, do, how, do, I, how do I begin to soften up this rag that, that Pastor Scott talked about? How do I do that? You have this attitude that Jesus told Martha. He said there was only one thing worth being concerned about, and that is knowing him. So if you're dried up, just begin to take day, a step after a step after a step. You'll, you'll begin to, to, to soften up. God will begin to speak to you as, you as you press in day after day. Just thank him for pouring out. And, and, and it won't be long. You'll be sopping wet and you'll smell good, right? So I want to show you a few qu- uh, pictures here. Uh, Linda, you can go up. I want to show you guys a few pictures because sometimes, you know, they say the pictures are worth a thousand words. You know, and, and, and these kids, they did a fabulous job sharing what it is that God did. But as we close, I just want to take this time to just commit. Commit to what it is that the Holy Spirit said to you. Commit to, to what it is that he challenged you with. I know that he challenged you today. If you're dry and you need to, you need to, to, to have a fresh drink, you need to 
Go to him. We're going to go to him right now. We're going to, we're going to uh, say those things to him. Say what it is that he put on your heart. This is, this is one of the pictures that, that uh, somebody took. These are students, guys. One of the things that I loved was is that Pastor Josh talked about taking a knee. You know, we're not going to take a knee today, but maybe you need to go home and take a knee. Maybe you need to go home and, 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 and say, Lord, I, I, I need to surrender my life. Surrender what it is that I'm doing to you. Take that moment. Here's another one. Just in the presence of God, just worshiping him, saying, Lord, I'm all yours. I want everything that you have. Here's another one. This is probably my favorite of them all. It's like majority of those students just wanted more of him. What did Paul say? The, 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 the most important thing, the one thing, Jesus said, the one thing, the most important thing is to know you, to be in your presence. And so when we come to this house, when we come to services, when, we, when we're here, when we're at home, when we're in our, in our, with our family, Man, it's about knowing Jesus, about glorifying him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. And Father, I just thank you for, for all of the testimonies of what you did in these students' lives this week. I, I thank you for, for the boldness. I thank you for the healing. I thank you for the restoration. I thank you for the deposits that you have made in these kids. Father, it, it, it is, the plan is great. The purpose is great. There's so much potential in these kids. There's so much uh, a future that's bright. And Father, I just pray for them that as they go, as they go back to school, Father, I thank you that you're strengthening them with might. That as they press in to knowing you, the one thing, the most important thing, Father God, you will continue to just show yourself strong in their life. And Father God, if, if there are those in the midst uh, today that were challenged, Father, today we just recommit our lives to knowing you. Recommit our lives to being hungry to know you. Recommit as a church to, to pressing in. No, we're not those that draw back. No, we are those that press in to the things of God. We press in in our devotional time. We press in when we worship. We press in when, when it comes to the times that are challenging. Father, today, individually, we just recommit our lives to you. And Father God, I just thank you for this, this house, this family, this spiritual family, Father God, of believers that you have brought together. Father, I am so thankful, so grateful, Father God. We are so much better together. But Father God, we understand that there has to be a hunger. There has to be a desire. There has to be a, 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 an attitude of wanting more. That you are the only thing that will quench our thirst. And so, Father God, I just pray that, this, that in these weeks and in these months to come, Father God, that as we individually and as a corporate body, as we press in to the one thing of knowing you, and living a life, Father God, that is just, it's out loud for all to see, Father God, that we will just be a, a, a voice, will be a light, will be a light in the, in, in the schools, will be a light in the, in the communities, will be a light all throughout this area, Father God. And I just thank you, Father God, for helping each and every one of us to do that. We, we just commit again, we, we commit again to that. 
to overcoming the distractions, overcoming those things and, and, and putting, uh, putting them aside. And we thank you, Father God, for helping us to do that as a church in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, hey, how many of you guys got something out of today? Man, if you didn't, you were asleep. God's good. I tell you what, it's, 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 it's personal responsibility, folks. It's not up to one person. It's not up to one student. It's not up to one leader. It's up, up to all of us. Amen? And so I just encourage you, as you go, make it a priority. Avoid the distractions. Put first things first. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, go ahead and stand up. Greet those that are around you. We're glad you guys came and, and uh, join us on, on uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. We look forward to having you all again. Have a great week.